0: Welcome, Bienvenue, and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week, we'll be examining the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration. I should say, in a normal episode, we will be doing that. But this is not a normal episode. (laughs) No. This is the overture episode, which is meant to lay a very firm, sound foundation, and I hope that by the end of this, we all seem very, not just seem, I hope we feel comfortable and at ease with the state of the podcast, the format of the podcast, and hey, maybe by the end of this overture, we'll have learned a little something as well. Never too old to learn. I'm very old. Eh, come on, give yourself some credit. My name is John Pernasek. Thank you for listening to this introductory episode. I'm so glad to have you here listening. Uh, I hope that you've had a very good day. I like, I think the way that I'm going to start every episode, let's just say this, every episode is going to start with me asking, how are you doing? And I hope that you are doing well. I hope that wherever you are, you are comfortable and cozy. I hope that if you have had a bad day, this will help you to improve that day. If someone yelled at you, or if someone Treated you badly in any sort of way, I I I just beyond the general conceit of this show. I just want I, I want you to be able to know that I think that those people should go fuck themselves. So that's that's really the tone I'd like to set, cozy while at the same time knowing. That the world is kind of a crummy place. And this is going to be an, a, a nice little respite from all of that. Um, I want you to be tucked in. I want you to have a hot drink. I have a little hot drink here. Um, I have a cup of 5678 coffee. Now, um, I should say, uh, they are the official sponsor of the show. Uh, there is a little bit of bias there. Yes, I am being paid to promote 5678 coffee, but it is very, very good. I'm going to take a sip now. It's really fucking hot. Um, didn't expect it to be that hot. But, you know, it's good. It's rich. Um, five, six, seven, eight coffee. You can count on it. Uh, yeah, so I, I hope... Th- we're good, right? We're all... We're, we're good. We're cozy. We're tucked in. Maybe you're wearing a big billowy sweater. Maybe you're wrapped in a quilt. Maybe you're under several quilts. You can breathe, right? Good. Uh, one thing that I would like to address here in this Overture episode is uh, the question, what makes me qualified to go around calling myself the musical man? Because... Uh, this this is going to be a deconstruction of every show that has run on Broadway and either been nominated for or won the award for for best musical. The, the, this is a this is a big subject. I, I should have some sort of educational background, right? Some sort of uh, intellectual uh, context already going into this. I'm not some sort of uh, idiotic greenhorn. I'm not some newborn babe with a silver spoon in my mouth. Am I? You're probably wondering. Uh, I I would like to think that I'm not. I uh, went to college for theater. I pursued a theater degree. I earned a bachelor, uh, Bachelor's of Fine Arts degree in theater, acting emphasis. Acting emphasis. Now, musical theater emphasis, that, that was an option. But a couple of things were standing in my way, and a couple of things still stand in my way, <laughs> if we're going to be totally honest about it. Uh, one being that I cannot read music, so I'm, this is going to be a show in which I tackle the subject of musical theater, and I cannot read music. Uh, It's like learning poker. I've never been able to learn poker. Uh, People have tried to explain both that and uh, the world of of reading sheet music, and I I try to tell them in advance, I try to be very kind, and I say, you are being very kind, but this is not going to work, and they try their, their damnedest, and Oh, everybody gets frustrated. (laughs) Everybody gets very frustrated. Uh, But so at the end of the day, I kind of have to... Whenever I've been in a musical, and I've I've been in more than my fair share, okay? Not on Broadway. Not on Broadway. But when I have been in musicals, I learn music by recording it. I have somebody plink, plunk, plank out my notes, and I just repeat them like I am a goofy parrot in a cage learning how... To be a person. I'm pretending to be a person. And that that's my skill set. So you have to understand that that was always sort of standing in my way. It always took me a little longer than other people who had more refined skills than me to learn music and really dive in. Another big thing is that uh, while I was pursuing an acting emphasis, I wasn't exactly uh, developing my dancing skills. So you're, I, I, would, I would say that I'm not a bad dancer if you give me the steps. I Again, I will need a lot of time. <laughs> you will probably need to show me several times uh, how those steps are sort of linked together. Uh, <laughs> but with time, I like to think that I can offer you uh, something as a performer. So I am a performer. Uh, I, I'm actually taking a break from that world, I have I've sort of stepped out of, you know, the, the grind of auditioning and pursuing uh, the chance to perform in a musical theater context, uh, mainly so I can uh, just focus on podcasting. I've been podcasting for quite some time. Uh, if you uh, are familiar with my voice, it might be because I co-hosted a show called How Rude, the Full House podcast, or At the Trailers, which was a podcast dedicated to deconstructing movie trailers. I hosted both of those shows with my good friend, Brandon Shockney. Uh, This is going to be a purely solo show. I'm going to be doing this completely on my own. It's going to be a monologue. Uh, I hope you are interested in that. Uh, If you thought to yourself that maybe there would be guests on the show lending their own perspectives, uh, the answer to that question that you didn't ask is no, that will not be happening. But... Uh, at the end of this episode, I'm going to be telling you how you can interact with me, the musical man. I absolutely want to hear your thoughts, and I would love to relate and relay your thoughts. Relay, not relate. I can not I can relate to your thoughts, but I <laughs> verbally cannot relate them. Uh, I'm going to relay them to uh, our audience and myself. I would love to hear all of that feedback. But in good time, my friends, in good time. I think <clears throat> the big thing, more, more than me, this is not, let's just say this, this is not about me. Not, not at the end of the day. This is about the Tonys. And I had a lot of learning to do, I realized, going into this Overture episode, because I, I, I did a lot of research and I put together this sort of report. It really is. It's like an old school, school report on the Tonys and how the Tonys Work, how they were initially created in the first place, and how you earn one. Uh, and I, I'm going to read that report to you now. I, if, if you're if you're very familiar with this, if 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 you're not a greenhorn like me, this is going to come off like you know old hat information. I, I hope that I can still relay it. In a way, that is interesting callback. Um, <laughs> a callback to a word. Not even a comedic callback. Just a callback to a word. Uh, and if you're like me and you are uh, sort of stepping into this for the first time, I, th- I hope that this is going to be a lot of really worthwhile context for you. Because uh, you, I think what you'll come to understand is that it's very difficult to earn a Tony Award for Best Musical. In, in general, it's difficult to win an award. I mean, it's the top-tier award. Uh, in, in you know, in many circles, it's considered. that, Um, But, yeah, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of glad-handing and a lot of networking, as you'll soon see. So, here is my uh, report on the Tonys. Okay, so, the Tony Awards are presented each year by two bodies. Uh, The first is the Broadway League, and the second is the American Theatre Wing. Now, the Broadway League is a national trade association that provides goods and services to the Broadway theatre industry, It boasts uh, members from over 250 cities in North America. The American Theater Wing, which was originally known as the Stage Women's War Relief, provided entertainment for servicemen during both world wars. Uh, The Wing's co-founder, chairman of the board, and secretary was Mary Antoinette Perry, otherwise known as Tony, in the community. Now, Tony, uh, who was also a highly acclaimed actor and director, she was so beloved by her peers, that upon her death in 1946, it was decided that she should be memorialized via a series of special awards given in her honor. Are you kidding me? This woman must have been the most amazing person in the world. Can you imagine being such an influential and beloved person in your field that upon your death, you are honored with an awards ceremony, awards given out to everyone within that field, in your name that <laughs> i know it's astonishing to think about but think about it for a few more seconds and i think you'll just begin to absorb how big of a deal that is i i can't remember when was the last time we heard about something like this happening like that sort of forward momentum within an, an industry it's it's fantastic i really i i admire the hell out of her and the people who wanted to honor her in that way i think that's amazing Uh, Now, uh, these awards, uh, formerly known as the Antoinette Perry Awards for Excellence in Broadway Theatre, were first presented in 1947. Now, during that first ceremony, one of the presenters casually referred to the award as a Tony, and the all-too-appropriate nickname uh, stuck. Now, quick side note, for those wondering how the Tonys kind of fit into the larger timeline of cultural awards— uh, just know that the Oscars were first presented in 1929, the Tonys in 1947, as I previously mentioned, uh, the Emmys in 1949, and the Grammys in 1959. So there, there you go. You can kind of see how this all uh, is linked together in a chain. Uh, Now, initially, winners received scrolls and an assortment of prizes upon, you know, winning. Uh, Women received solid gold compacts and bracelets, while men received cigarette lighters and money clips because, as we all know, the women be painting their faces and the men be having the lung cancer, and we need to really acknowledge those very strict gender lines during this sermon. Look, I'm sure it was all in good fun. I just like to poke fun at the institutionalized (laughs) gender based sexism. It's, it's just very funny to me. Here's your gold compact and bracelet. Here's your cigarette lighter and your money clip, gentlemen, for holding all of the money that you have. <laughs> the, the compacts can't hold money. Stop trying to put money in the compacts, ladies. They're compacts. Not wallets, you goofs. Uh, it was in 1949 that the now traditional Tony medallion. Uh, this was designed by art director Herman Rose. Was first presented. Uh, 1949 is also uh, the year that the Best Musical award was first presented. Uh, we're going to explore that more here in a few moments. So I guess in terms of getting that damn award, I, I let's see. Let's say that you won a Tony Award for Best Musical. You've written a musical. Good for you. You put in the work. It's not a small amount of work, I should say. Uh, so, how do you become a Tony Award winning production? Uh, well, first, you have to be marked as eligible by the Tony Awards Administration Committee. They have, to, they have to be the ones to decide if you're even eligible for a nomination. That's the first gate you gotta go through. So this Tony Awards Administration Committee, it's made up of 24 members, 10 are from the American Theater Wing, 10 are from the Broadway League, and, uh, okay, so there's one from the Dramatist Guild, one from the Actors' Equity Association, one from the United Scenic Artists, and one from the Society of Stage Directors and Choreographers. So put all those together and you got 24 members so so what makes a production eligible how do, how do you get through the gate that's sort of guarded by those 24 people How do you get that nomination well first the production has to open before a cutoff date chosen. By the Tony Awards Management Committee, separate committee now. We're talking about a separate body. They oversee the ceremony uh, with an emphasis on the CBS broadcast. Uh, now, the current cutoff date for eligibility is April 25th, 2019. Uh, <laughs> the ceremony is scheduled to take place on June 9th, 2019. Maybe I should have another sip of five, six, seven, eight coffee. You know, the rich, oh, the rich blend of mountain smoke and, um, coal is really what gets me going it gets me going and it keeps me going it's still so hot though very hot Uh, Patty, my producer Patty in the booth Patty is there a way that we can I don't know let this steep or just cool for a few more minutes before we bring it in that's fantastic thank you very much Patty Uh, Patty our producer in the booth ladies and gentlemen Uh, uh, everyone in between and outside of that gender binary spectrum Where were we? The production must also play in a Broadway-eligible theater, which is defined as having more than 500 seats and existing within New York City's theater district. The theater district in New York City is formally bounded geographically by West 40th on the south, West 54th on the north, 6th Avenue on the east, and 8th Avenue on the west. So, if you're outside of that territory, you're not eligible. If your theater has more—I'm sorry— if your theater has less. If your theater has more than 500 seats, fantastic. Less than 500 seats, you're not eligible. Start counting. Do you have 500 seats? If you have 499, might I suggest investing in a folding chair, Staples, Office Depot? It's just a suggestion. Hello, my name is Murray. Goodbye, Murray. (laughs) The list of officially recognized theaters is generated by the administration committee. Uh, no, it's not committee. I've rehearsed this before. It's not committee. It's committee. Committee. Not committee. There we go. The list of officially recognized theaters is generated by the administration committee, which annually accepts and considers requests for new additions before an established cutoff date. So, if you are a theater within that district and you're not already on that list of eligible theatrical houses, you can get on that list. You can uh, formally submit a request. For regional theaters outside of New York, I should say there is a special award known as the Regional Theater Tony Award. uh, That has been presented every year since 1976. So... Let's say you got through that first gate and you're eligible for a nomination. Fantastic. How do you actually get it? That's gonna be up to the Tony Awards nominating committee. Oh, 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 oh boy, Jonathan. Overture episode, you gotta lay a firm foundation. You have to let the people know that you know how to talk. Do you know how to talk? It's committee. It's this is not a bit. It's I I'm turning it into a bit, so I don't feel so embarrassed, but. Uh, Okay. So, if you want to get that nomination, it's up to the Tony Awards Nominating Committee, which determines the nominations for every category, not just Best Musical, but every category that falls under the Tony umbrella. (laughs) Members of the Nominating Committee are selected by the Administration Committee and serve three-year terms. Everyone on this committee is expected to see every Broadway production. The nominating committee tends to sport around forty to fifty members. So let's say uh, that they see your production and they decide that you are worthy of receiving a nomination. Fantastic! You have the nomination. So who determines if you actually win? If you, how how do you rise above everyone else and secure that delicious medallion and get it in your sweaty grasping palm? Well, uh, that's going to be up to the eligible Tony voters who come from a plethora of sources, including the Broadway League, the American Theater Wing, and the Dramatist Guild. Those are only a few examples. There are currently around 850 eligible voters per the official Tony site, and they are expected to, quote, attend all nominated productions or at least to refrain from voting in any category in which they have not seen all of the nominees. That sounds fair. If you're going to be voting in a certain category and you haven't seen every production, that is not cool. Not cool, okay. Just hold off. Another quote from the Tony site that I think would be a little helpful for us, quote, "...voting by secret ballot takes place in the weeks before the June awards ceremony." Strict precautions are taken to assure that no one, save a limited number of representatives from the accounting firm that manages the voting, knows the name of the winners until they are announced on the Tony telecast. They don't want any they don't want any goofs or gaffes. Goofs and gaffes, got to avoid those. Listeners should keep all of these factors in mind when hearing the term "best" being thrown around as it relates to the Tony Award, because clearly Best is a subjective term, and at the end of the day, the productions that win are those that were able to jump through all of the hoops I have mentioned and please the right amount of people, the voters. That's why this podcast is going to be dedicated to both the winners and nominees of the Tony Award for Best Musical. Because, frankly, a lot of the shows that only received a nomination probably deserved more than that. They probably deserved to win because there's an enormous amount of talent. Uh, they're, they're, I should say, I'm operating with a list of 251 winners and nominees dating all the way back to 1949. This is an enormous group of talented Book writers, composers, lyricists, choreographers, it would be wrong to simply focus on the winners because by doing that, you're just cutting yourself off from so much fantastic material. And that's why we gotta celebrate them all, baby. Get out your trumpets and your cone-shaped hats because we're celebrating them all. Speaking of musicals, let's talk about the Tony Award for Best Musical specifically. A musical production is eligible for the Best Musical Award. That's the award that's the only one we care about. It's eligible if it has not previously been produced on Broadway or to such an extent that it is now considered a classic or entered into the historical or popular repertoire. Now, every time I read that phrase, I get a little confused, and so you might be a little bit as well. The way that I sort of interpret that is the piece as it is on its own, it really just can't be considered so canon and so familiar and recognizable That a Broadway, like a Broadway production would almost be redundant at that point. Look, we know what this is. This is not new. Get it the flying fuck out of our faces. For the record, productions that transfer to Broadway from off Broadway. Uh, that, I, I assume that that is outside of the theater district I, I mentioned earlier or London's West End which is essentially London's version of Broadway uh, that's their like highest level of, yeah, of staging of availability of venue uh, those are considered new productions if you if you can transfer from one area to Broadway uh, that that would be considered a new production uh, they are eligible for an award uh, as are productions that are based on films so pretty woman, uh, just because it is based on a movie that doesn't, it is a purely new staged production. So it would be eligible for an award. Uh, it's also important to note that for the purposes of this podcast, we will not be talking about the winners and nominees of the Tony award for best revival of a musical, because uh, I got to tell you that comes with its own complicated set of eligibility requirements. And frankly, I- I'm ready to say no more teachers, no more books. Okay no more dirty looks. That's my report on the Tonys. I hope it made sense. I hope that on some level you now have a better understanding of sort of what goes into this whole process of uh, nominating and winning. Beyond that, uh, let's talk about, just for a second, (laughs) let's talk about how this show is just going to work. Okay. I'm not, clearly, that Tony report that I just read to you, that's a special thing just for this occasion. Uh, we're going to have lots of uh, just very standard, rock-solid segments that you can count on. Uh, for every show that I discuss, I'm going to give you some factoids. I'm going to give you the year the show won or was nominated for the Tony Award for Best Me School. I'm going to give you that production's original opening date and total number of performances for its original Broadway run. I'm going to give you a breakdown of the creative team, the book, the lyrics, the director, the cast, the choreographer. And I'm also going to tell you the additional Tonys the show was nominated for or won. Oh, sure, I'm going to give you a plot summary. What? What are you talking about? I'm going to give you a full story breakdown of these shows, and it's going to be great. If you're not familiar, if you are, it's going to be entertaining either way. (laughs) Big promise, Jonathan, and one I intend to keep. Thank you very much. I'm going to tell you my experience uh, listening to uh, as many cast albums as I can get my hands on. Uh, I'm also going to, if there's a film... I'm gonna track down the film, watch that, give you my thoughts on that. Uh, I'm also gonna try and go on YouTube and see if I can find a full performance because honestly, for the the most part, I have not seen these shows in their entirety. Cast albums can only take you so far. You know, for the most part, we're getting, we've been in a tradition now where you're going to get a fair amount of dialogue on a cast album, but if you're not familiar with the story's ins and outs, you can get pretty lost uh, transitioning from track to track. It might be a little difficult, unless you have the liner notes in front of you. Uh, It'll be difficult to sort of jump from track to track. So I'm going to try and give myself the gift of a fully rounded out context by uh, watching a full performance online, if I can find it. I'm going to talk to you about that as well. Now, at that point we're going to have a special ad that there are there is going to be an ad break for 5678 coffee one second still really hot very hot <laughs> um, but I'm not going to be doing those ads. Uh, well, This is very exciting. Patty and I, uh, my producer, Patty in the booth, we have rounded out, rounded up, I should say, a cavalcade of musical theater icons. Oh, I-, I can't even begin to tell you who's on this list. And by I can't even begin to tell you, it's because I can't legally tell you. We have not signed any right patty we haven't actually signed any of these people okay yes so we have a wish list that's a mile long and hopefully we'll be able to get someone in here for our first official episode to tell you all about the the benefits and the virtues of five six seven eight coffee you can count on it uh patty i hope i'm not overstepping my bounds here sweeney right is he can we at least say that he's a partial lock She's she's waving her hand sort of back and forth, giving me a, eh, 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 here or there, here or there. Okay, Finn. I mean, I'm not surprised by that, but uh, hopefully, fingers and toes crossed, we can get Sweeney in here. Sweeney Todd, of course, from Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. (laughs) He's not a demon. Please, if you're a listener who is Christian, if you are a person of faith, I say to you now, not literally a demon, yes, he is a murderer. Fine. I, I will admit that to you. Not a literal demon. So I hope that you're not turning your... um, Don't turn my show off. Not now. Not because of the demon of Fleet Street. Come on. Is it Beat Street? Fleet Street. Fleet Street. It's, of course, Fleet Street, right? I'm the musical man. I should know this. Sweeney Todd. Can you hear me typing? The demon. Barbara Fleet Street. You know why I considered... Uh, you know why I consider that as, as a mistake for a second? Fleet Street just sounds too nice. It just sounds cute and quirky. Fleet Street, it sounds like something the characters from 42nd Street would like to go to. I bet the 42nd Street cast would love to go down to Fleet Street. But watch out, there's a demon there. (laughs) Not a literal demon, but there you go. (laughs) So we're going to have fun ads from musical theater icons. Yes, we're going to be doing that. I'm going to be giving you my thoughts on whether or not the show that I'm talking about in a given episode deserved to win or should have won. And in that line of thinking, we're going to fucking rank these shows. That's right. My list of 251 nominees and winners, we're going to go from chronological And then we're going to go from best to worst over time. That's right. We're going to build our own list. And by our, I mean my. This is a monologue show. Me show. Me show, I show, my show. So, uh, again... That I think that's going to be exciting. I promise that it will be. It's a pro- I keep my promises. So there you go. I'm also going to try and find show-related show related ephemera. I like ephemera. And by that, I mean, I like when songs from musicals are taken out of context and used primarily in commercials, bad commercials, goofy commercials. Uh, and if I can find something like that, I will drop the audio in. Uh, it's going to be a delight. It's going to be a delight. So Here's, I mentioned how I have the chronological list of every show, every musical that has won or been nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. The first episode, the first official episode, we're going to start right at the beginning, a very good place to start. (laughs) Pat's wig, Pat's the back of his wig with pride. (laughs) We're going to start at the beginning. So 1949, the first year, as I mentioned, that the award for Best Musical was ever given, and it was given to none other, hold for tension. Hold for suspense, hold for applause, because that first award was given to Kiss Me Kate, and that's where we're starting, baby. Episode one is going to be a huge deconstruction of Kiss Me Kate. Fantastic, but where do we go from there? What about episode two? Two. Do we go chronologically? Do we go straight down the list? Nah, 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 nah. We're going to be jumping around that timeline like mad. We're going to be like in a time machine, just going everywhere. Except the time machine is not a time machine. No, no, no. It's more like, as Don Draper would say, a carousel. A musical carousel. That's right. We have a special podcast device known as the Musical Carousel. Uh, it is, in actuality, a random number generator that I found online. It's, But I named it. I named my special random number generator after that classic Rodgers and Hammerstein show. The name of the device is the Musical Carousel, so I think we all understand that the show that I'm... Pulling from that, I'm riffing on is that famous Rogers and Hammerstein show, Get Out of My Circus or I'll Fucking Shoot You. Love that show, and I just thought that we needed a special reference a special reference. So the musical carousel, it's, it's, it's a random n- number generator, and it's going to tell us where we're going next. And when it's time to take a ride on the musical carousel, you will hear a special sound cue designed by uh, none other than my good friend, Zach Little. And that sound cue sounds like this. That's it, that's the musical carousel sound cue. And coming out of that, we'll know, thanks to our random number generator, what the next show will be. I have no idea what the show after Kiss Me Kate's gonna be. That's what's so exciting. I've never time traveled, I've never traveled through time. It's going to be a very, ooh, exhilarating experience. Uh, I'm gonna give you some show-related info right now. Hopefully by the time this uh, becomes available, either we will be in the iTunes store or it will just be a matter of time. It's very important. Uh, right up top, I need to establish that you are beyond crucial when it comes to supporting the show and spreading the word. So when we are available in iTunes, uh, please go to the iTunes store, give us a five-star review. Now... You could just leave a five-star rating, but what I believe is really helpful is writing a review that goes along with your five-star rating. So please take the time and type out something nice. Uh, That would be great. It gives other people who are wondering if they should try out the podcast, it helps them get a better understanding of what they might be in for. Uh, We are going to be available through Podbean, I believe, uh, hopefully with time. Hopefully, with time, <laughs> we'll be able to tell you what the official web address for that is, Comidity. <laughs> uh, now, if you want to follow us on Twitter, if you're a savvy Twitter user, get on Twitter. Follow us at MusicalManPod. That's the handle, at MusicalManPod. Just imagine a pod in which I, the musical man, step into. Uh, you can uh, like and retweet all of our posts. That's another excellent way to help spread the word. Uh, and you can email, the feedback. You can get to me through Twitter, sure. You can leave your feedback on Twitter. You can also send me emails. Email me about the shows that I'm talking about. Email me with your thoughts. If you've been in productions of the shows that we are talking about, tell me what you're excited to hear uh, in future episodes. Send all of that to musicalmanpod at gmail.com. This is so easy. The Twitter handle is musicalmanpod. The email is musicalmanpod at gmail.com. It's always a want to thank some people right now. I did mention him a moment ago. Zach Little is the designer of our musical Carousel Cube, but he's also the designer of the music you heard at the very top of the show. He's uh, also the designer of the music you're going to hear at the very end of the show, and the end of every episode. Thank you so much, Zach. I've worked with Zach before. He is fantastic. Uh, you can find him on Bandcamp, and he also has uh, his own show, which is known as The Last Podcast with Zach Little. Uh, Alex Green created the Oh, I kiss my fingertips, and I raise them slightly to this guy. The art, the logo for this show is just molto bene, fantastic. It's like a lasagna sliding down my throat, uh, Alex, and I thank you for that. Uh, he has his own podcast that he co-hosts. It is known as Ramjack. Find these shows online and support these two guys. I thank them from the bottom of my cold, shriveled heart. I'm kidding. My heart is made of gold leaf and delicious chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, did you just hear that sound effect? Ah, I think you and I both heard that sound effect. It's a very famous sound effect from the world of musical theater. That's the doorbell from the Book of Mormon. Fuck off. We got the doorbell? Well, we're using it. I'm not patty. I can't legally say that we, you know, got it. That's, a, that's kind of a legally touchy term. But uh, we have it, and we're using it. And that's the official signal that it's time to go. Oh, yes, just when the fun is starting comes the time for parting. Oh, well, we'll catch up some other time, specifically on the first official episode of The Musical Man. So, so long, farewell, auf Wiedersehen, and good night. Of course, don't want to leave without taking one last sip of coffee, five, six, seven, eight coffee. Uh, you can count on it. Uh, hopefully, um, not too, too hot here. Let's see. so hot it almost seems hotter that can't possibly be true right patty it's on a hot plate i thought this was a coaster patty i didn't know you put a hot plate under the mug that makes sense it's very smart too hot though